Hi, and welcome to another Well Workplaces podcast episode. My name's Tom Bosner, the host, and today I'm speaking again with Poppy Griffiths. Poppy, how are you? I'm great, Tom. Lovely to be here with you. How are you? Yes, fantastic. I'm doing my thing on a Tuesday, my creative day, um, which is which is good fun for me. So yeah, great to talk to you again. Today, we're going to just continue on the topic of working parents, but talk about it um, from a little bit of a different angle. So today's to talk, we're going to talk about how to find better balance and happiness as a dual career couple. Okay. So uh, dual career, I'll be honest, it's probably the first time I've heard that word used, but it makes sense Two people having a career in sync um, whilst maybe being parents as well is, um, comes with a lot of challenges. Um, funnily enough today in my household, my wife's She's in the back area doing work. I'm in my son's room doing this. Um, and somehow between all that, we're managing a couple of kids and also running a business and, and other bits and pieces. So it comes with a lot of challenges. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, finding, I guess doing it and finding balance is, um, almost makes me sort of laugh because it's, it never feels balanced. Um, but finding that sort of that happiness between the couple is really important. So really love to, I guess, sort of tackle this, um, via your, your intellect and your, um, your interest in this topic. So I guess it's probably best to start with what are some of the, what are some of the key strategies for couples to kind of, that are both working to, you know, um, achieve better success, but also happiness as a, as a combined entity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, I mean, big question. <laughs> it is a big question and hopefully we can talk about some, I mean, break it down. And I, I guess my aim yeah. is to be able to provide people with a couple of ideas, right. That they can walk away with and try. Um, and, and you're right. Like as when we both work, um, when you're in a couple relationship and your dual career, meaning both of you work in some capacity, I think everyone knows that the pressures of both working and trying to run a household and working from home um, in your son's bedroom, which I always love as a background. <laughs> um, it's hard to achieve that career advancement, that harmony um, as a family and, you know, happiness personally and, and as a couple. Um, and e each of us, look, each of us will go through various transitions in our work life as working parents. And I've actually looked to, um, there's a psychologist in America, her name's, um, I can never say her surname well, but Petra Galeri, um, I'd say she has some Italian background perhaps. She's yep. actually conducted this six year study, um, with about a thousand dual career. So both working couples really from like right through from their twenties, right through to their sixties. And it's sort of three common questions that have been identified that are really common, like regardless of life stage, um, in, in that 40 year period. Um, and, and these are three questions that are really helpful, I think, to ask ourselves when we are trying to navigate and sometimes feel like we compete with one another. We, you know, we're frustrated with our partner, you know, we get the raw end of the deal. One of us is succeeding potentially and the other isn't. And then for some, they make it work really well. So but three questions that we can ask, um, she talks about values, boundaries, and fears. And so by way of this like values, we need to, as a, as a couple, define the direction of each of our paths and of our path together. Um, and then I think by way of boundaries, this is very much setting like the borders of our path, like as a family and as a dual career, like what are the boundaries that we need to put in mm -hmm. place? 
And I think communicating our fears is, is really important here because let's be honest, like when it is high pressure, actually having that open conversation to reveal, you know, the potential cliffs that you both want to avoid is really helpful. Um, so you can think about answering these questions yourself as an individual first, that's sometimes a good way to start, um, and then share your reflections, um, with one another. And I think when we're thinking about values, um, this is very much around like, you know, what are the choices and actions that we're making in our everyday, um, and do we feel that they align with our values? And when there's two of you involved, because you're both working, it's even more important to discuss these things, um. For example, you know, if you both value family, you know, possibly neither of you should be working 70, 80 hour work weeks. So, you know, asking each other things like, you know, what as an individual makes you happy and proud, you know, what gives you satisfaction, you know, what makes for a good life. Um, you know, when we ask these things of one another, we sometimes, we, we get answers that we probably didn't expect. You know, we think we know each other and, and yet mm. we don't necessarily truly know our values. Um, and I think boundaries is another really big one. Like when we have clear boundaries, we can make decisions much more easily and make more decisions easily together. Um, so, you know, this is even thinking about like places that you'd like to live and work, you know, as a couple, do you even, do you take the time to share that, you know, is there places that you'd prefer to avoid, you know, relocating or, or moving. Um, I think even the boundaries around like how much work is too much, um, you know, understanding obviously that work ebbs and flows, but like, do you have that honest discussion as a couple around, you know, what, what amount of work is too much? Um, and I know, for example, for my husband and I, my husband travels a lot for work and he was in a routine of basically traveling every second week for two days. And that just was not working for our family. And by way of talking about boundaries, um, we renegotiated, now it doesn't work always, but we sort of renegotiated how that could be done. And he now travels more or less every third week and possibly for an extra day, but it works better for our family. So that was just a renegotiation of boundaries. And I think fears, as I mentioned, it just not, communicating to each other about what you're worried about when it comes to your career and a happy relationship that really extinguishes and prevents, you know, blow up before it enters dangerous territory. So, you know, do you actually take time to ask each other, like, what are your concerns? You know, we, you know, what are you fearing about our relationship and how our careers are interacting? Or even as simple as like, what do you wish is different about, you know, how we're working and living as a family? I think just really taking the time to drill into what's important to you where the boundaries need to be and be honest about, you know, what are your fears with one another? It's a really great way to start to start to alleviate those pressures when you both work. Sounds like a good date night, doesn't it? The, um, <laughs> this, getting, getting through this work. Yeah. Sometimes though you do have to, I mean, this isn't always the, sure, go out to dinner, enjoy it over a bottle of wine, make it fun. Like, because sometimes this yeah. stuff can seem a bit like, oh God, we're going to schedule in these discussions. But to begin, sometimes maybe you just have to, and then it becomes more of a natural, informal discussion because you are more honest and communicative with each other. Yeah. No, they're really good topics to talk about. I really like the fears one. I feel like that's something that, you know, probably, probably, you know, before getting married, this whole thing feels like a great exercise before people get married because you do see, um, or you might have, you know, people that you know or friends with, the real solution for 
the couple is, is communication in, in inverted commas, um, but having that a bit more structure around what they're going to talk about. I'm um, starting with, with values and ending in fears, even just touching on a couple of those would create a lot of open, open the communication door up, so to speak. And, um, and it would make, yeah, assuming that there's res respect on both sides, um, would make for a great conversation and maybe some changes, healthy changes for yeah, the relationship. Tom is really, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, but showing obviously, you know, your values and your fears takes vulnerability in the first instance. And I think, yeah, it's, it takes courage to, you know, possibly mm -hmm. be the first person to do that. Um, and obviously as a, as a couple, it's really important, yeah, that you have that, I guess, you know, mutual permission to be vulnerable with one another, um, and be honest and, and respectful and yeah, see how you go. So yeah, cup, a couple of ideas that, um, people could try. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And it kind of make this topic overall. Um, and I was saying this just before we started, it just makes me sometimes think of those couples that are probably struggling with maybe a power dynamic kind of, or maybe not power dynamic, well, probably the wrong word, but just that thing of, oh, I've got the, it's a bit old school, but that I'm, I'm the breadwinner and, um, kind of that thing of your, my career is more important than yours. Cause it, it does this for the family. So I know that's maybe old school thinking, but I still feel like that exists. So this framework of how to have a conversation underlying all that, you know, you need respect, but you need that communication, um, door to be, to be open so that you, you don't, you know, don't fall, fall into and fall into the well. I think a lot of like a sort of any anything that's about preventative and, you know, performing well and being happy as a family, it does take, it takes effort up front. So, you know, these are ideas around like, what can you do up front so that you are navigating that career well? And of course, like make changes. It doesn't always, you mm -hmm. know, you thought, you know, one year may not work the next. So it's yeah, absolutely something, you know, much like setting your goals and things like it's something that you've got to revisit, but yeah. Being open to have the conversation, as you said, is important. And and I love, love the example of your your husband and just that sort of that slight edit of the travel. Uh, I'd imagine that would be a um, you know a, a constant conversation for a lot of people. I used to do a little bit of maybe not as much as that, but probably a, a bit of travel a couple of years ago when we could up and down the city quite a bit. It was kind of exhausting. Didn't really enjoy it. Um, I like seeing our team up there, but I it's it sort of put a bit of strain on on our family just because it, it only, you know, it, it created extra work for my wife, Candice, who also works a pretty, you know, full on sort of job. So anyway, just creating, you know, editing those routines is, 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 that was a really nice practical solution. I'm wondering, Poppy, if people are like, if they get into that, that first conversation or, you know, they have multiple conversations around boundaries, values, and, um, and fears, um, I'm wondering the next step there is probably around creating those goals, those personal and, yeah. uh, and those family goals. How do, like, what's the best way to go about that? Have you got any suggestions there? Yeah, it's a, that's a, it's, that's a nice segue, Tom, because I think naturally when you're having that conversation, it's often, as you said, because you both have ambitions or goals that you you know, want to get to in your career or that you expect that you uphold as a family. Um, and, you know, being when you both work, um, setting goals together and as a family is even more important, right? Because that's how everyone's going to succeed. And that's how you're going to keep your happiness in, in check. Funnily enough, actually, there's, I was reading some stuff recently that said, um, 49% of families that goals set together actually achieve their goals. 
Um, whereas you think of goal setting, right, in the traditional sense, most of us just do it as individuals. And mm. we certainly often don't, we may share it with our bosses and our teams, but we often don't share our goals with our family. And, there, you know, what I read actually said that for individuals that don't share their goals with family, only 17% have achieved them. So like, even by way of looking at those numbers, you know, it's worth giving it a goal, uh, a go, <laughs> giving your goal. Mm. Um, Yeah. How do you goal set as a family? Um, You know, it's an interesting one. Um, I say hold regular family powwows. Um, So, you know, it's we all know it's healthy to check in with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you do maybe need to make as, you know, a set time just to begin that kickoff conversation rather than sort of trying to do it haphazardly. Um, You know, you need to probably as a couple and involve the kids if they're old enough, you know, about what each of your goals are and, and share them because that's really important. I think also talking about the habits that you need to adopt to achieve those goals is also really helpful and discussing how each of you within the family can actually help others achieve their goals because you're going to get more buy-in when you're each obviously, you know, helping one another. Essentially what you're doing is creating, I'd say, a, a vision for success and you're getting the most important people in your lives to buy in. So hopefully that's a recipe for success. I think setting joint goals is really important too. So what do you want to actually achieve as a family? I know in our family, outdoor activity is is really important as a whole family. We all like different activities, but being active is probably core and it is core to each of us. So we mix up what we do based on what the kids want to do and what I want to do and what Ben, my husband, wants to do. But um, we make sure that, that is a priority and that's a goal um, in, in, our, in our weeks and we make sure that work and life is integrated in a way that sees us achieve that, which, you know, brings us happiness. The other thing I'd just add is like it's really important that we hold ourselves accountable, right? So constructive feedback absolutely can be hard to hear hardest when it's coming from your kids <laughs> um, and especially those closest to us from our partner. But Finally, I mean, my kids, my older two kids are old enough now to be able to even ask them, you know, what are one or two things that I'm doing, you know, this week or this month or whatever, that's like, you're feeling I'm falling short on achieving our goals together or a family. Well, equally, where do you think as a mum I'm succeeding? Like, and of course I get some very humorous responses. (laughs) Not always, yeah. not always beautiful responses. Um, you know, even when I'm asking them, you know, what's one thing I can do better? I think, oh God, what's going to come out? Um, but funnily enough, at the dinner table, our kids really buy in um, to this and holding each other a- accountable. I think the most important thing is that it's building this mutual respect and the kids in this process actually feel quite validated um, and heard as well. And they they enjoy it. Like it's it's become just, an informal, casual, nice conversation in our family. Yep. I love that. It's like a high performance meeting over dinner um, in the family. Power uh, really, yeah, yeah, power up. No, I'm only joking. Um, I think, I think um, it's like a really good point there is how much time do we spend talking about goal setting in a business sort of environment? And, you know, you do your, you might do your annual uh, personal development plan and look at it quarterly with your, your manager, or perhaps, you know, you, you are the manager and you're kind of running that, but a lot of, I, I would say a lot of people just don't have it set up for, um, for home. And it really makes sense that if you are sharing that creates a good conversation over dinner. Um, but also by sharing it, you're putting it out there. You are actually immediately accountable because you're then going to be like, 
you know, the, the family's going to hold you to it or, you know, yeah. push you along the way. It's a great idea. Yeah. And I think everyone enjoys the process of supporting others to achieve their goals and just be aware of them. I mean, too often we just don't know. We don't know what the kids' priorities are or what's most important to them. And they don't know what's most important to us as adults. And it's, it's important that that's two-way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With all that, what do you think, so for working parents, what, what's some of the barriers or things that get in the way from them making time for, for that kind of, uh, goal setting and also having that good conversation as a couple, what, what's getting in the way there most of the time? Um, I think, look, to be honest, it's probably a few things here. You know, we don't, again, we don't probably take the time to set super clear goals. Um, yeah. one another, it's just like literally making the time. So none of us are going to go anywhere, right? Achieving our goals if we can't identify and share what they are. So I think times, um, just to set the goals is really important. Um, I think too, sometimes it is also and this is in the realm too, probably you could look at this in the realm of your family, but also goals in, in the sense of your career as well. Like, do you actually take the time to um, analyze how you are spending your time to achieve your goals? So, you know, think about what are you doing in your everyday as a family? What are you doing in your everyday at work? As what you're doing, is that actually aligned with your objectives um, or is it misaligned? Um, and naturally, you know, in a career sense, when you get more senior in your job, it sometimes can be quite hard to always, you know, say no to things when you, you know, you're under a lot of um, demand and, and pressure to perform. And, and likewise, as a family, when you have a lot on your plate, you know, it, it can be hard not to get caught up in, you know, spending your time doing things on lots of little stuff. Um, but I think it's really important that we each, you know, really forensically analyse how we actually spend our time. We don't do that enough and we're too busy doing so much stuff that's actually misaligned with goals. Um, and then communication. Look, I'm a huge one on communication. I think over-communication is better, right? Like if we're, if you're worried about like, have I communicated enough? Sometimes over-communication is better. Like again, share what your aspirations are with your family in a career sense, like share your aspirations with your boss and, and your leaders. Um, you know, we all basically are in the driver's seat around, you know, crafting how we want our careers to go or how we'd like our families to be. So it's really important that we over-communicate what, what our needs are and our desires with our partners, with our kids, um, and, and with those that we uh, work with. They're obviously there as well to support us. And I think when we over-communicate, we actually reduce the mental load and the stress and the worry. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think course correct. Like I, I think of course correct almost sounds like sports term, but course correct. when it goes wrong, like don't panic because like it goes wrong as a family, your goals get tripped up, you know, in a career sense, what you're aspiring to doesn't work out. Like, but when it goes wrong, like don't panic. Um, like sometimes we think that we're not capable of achieving more or taking on more or achieving the goal because it, you know, we've had a bit of a dead end, but you know, just course correct, have a think about what you could be doing differently, where your resources are, uh, you know, if any boundaries need to change, um, because when we do course correct, we can get it right. Mm. That's great. And the course correction of that terminology, cause it makes you think of, oh, we're just going to, just going to slightly correct something and not, it's not, it's not a, um, panic and, you know, 
shit, we need to do the whole goal setting right from the start again. So it's kind of, um, you, you'd probably go up to your conversation again at the values, boundaries, fears kind of there and just see, see if something's changed maybe and to then course, um, course correct, as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Poppy, I'm just wondering for working parents, do you have any other, I guess, bits of advice? What are you, what are your, so I guess 10 cents of, of, of advice? Oh, my 10 cents of advice, 10 cents. (laughs) Um, My big one here is, um, make time for others and really build your support network. Right. So as working parents, it's so important that we don't try and go it alone. Um, I think often, especially when you're a, you know, dual career and you're both working, it can seem like you're on this treadmill of, you know, work, get home, children, get back Mm -hmm. to work, day children. I think it's really important that you that we actually engage with other parents, um, really regularly and, and how we do that is important too. Um, so, you know, it's easy, I think, especially when you work full time to sort of feel like you're always banging away at projects and you're eating at your desk and no time for chit chat. Like how can you actually even change that with the working parents that you work with? Um, and at school, and I know I'm so guilty of this too often is like that flying through the door to pick up and drop off. Um, you know, we, we, we have this guilt that we're probably not around enough for our kids and, um, you know, we're not necessarily forming those deep connections that we'd like with other working parents. And I think it, we've got to watch out sometimes when we're so busy working and so busy running at life that, um, you know, we're not taking the time to build those really important deep relationships because they're actually our key. That's the long-term success, right, to the work-life juggle. It absolutely is. So like to not be in a rush as much and to allow, you know, that weekly coffee check-in with other working parents that you work with mm. or working parents in your community at, at school, I think forming those habits and making the time for that, you're going to benefit tenfold rather than the minuscule amount of time that you've lost from not completing something, you know, on the never-ending task list. So I think, it, yeah, making the time to engage is is really important. And, you know, when we reciprocate with others and, you know, we do things for other working parents, for example, and invest in those networks, it comes around tenfold Mm -hmm. what we get from it. I think also making the time to ask for help and and support, especially as mums. I know I'm guilty of this. Mm -hmm. Like we're so keen to prove that we can do it all, but like get comfortable with asking for help. And psychologists will tell you time and time again that, you know, people that ask for help in a work setting are often the most trusted because, you know, executives, senior executives, managers know that they can trust them because they're willing to ask for help. And I know too, in a, you know, in a personal social sense, people love being asked for help. You know, too often we're too fearful to ask for help. So make the ask. And I think learn from others uh, is, is the other one. Like, Who have you got in your professional and personal network that's in a similar situation to you? How can you make some time to, you know, reach out to them? Who's five or 10 years ahead of you in the journey? Like what can they they share with you? I think being really open, I'm big on working parents, supporting other working parents, like share your tips, share your hacks, um, take the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And sometimes chatting with that, that person who's five years ahead of you, um, you know, that with the kids, maybe that with their children much older, it's kind of like, oh, you know, you kind of get that reassurance that this phase will change and you'll be in a, you know, the, the, the school, you know, if, if you're in going from, 
say the daycare to kindergarten to to the school age and then into high school there's different phases for the kids as well which is um which then changes the way that you 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 also parent but also how you manage you probably manage the work and the and the home life as well yeah um, and it gives you that long-term view i think you're right on that tom like it's it allows you to see forwards into that back to like what your end game is and what you're working towards rather than getting caught up in that overwhelm and guilt um, of the day-to-day. I know, funnily enough, I was thinking of a story when you said that I was in the playground last year with this beautifully grounded, wise, stay-at-home mum at the moment who's got, you know, four very young children. And I was in such a flap about work and the time I was and was not spending with kids and, you know, always being too busy and feeling like the mix was out of whack. And like she, and, and really that, you know, I wasn't being a good friend, so to speak to mm. the children. And, you know, she just turned to me point blank and said, Poppy, it's not your job to be their friend. Your job is to make them a better person. And like, for me in that, uh, that example, I was getting in such a panic about, you know, actually not, you know, here am I as a busy working mum and you know, not doing right by my children. And she's like, keep your eyes on the prize, right? Your job is to make them a better person and you're doing a great job at that. And like, I felt instantly reassured um, by that advice that I'd received. And I've, you know, even in, I probably have shared it 10 times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Having it. So yeah, learn. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I think as well with the, just getting that, um, getting that extra support sort of, Fueling that support in your community um, can help you a lot. Uh, some examples of that, like that are quite practical, I guess, is that um, I was away last week and my mum was here looking after my my kids and doing the school drop up. And basically, every parent that had seen me the week before was they knew that it was it was coming, and they're like, "Oh, your mum needs a help with, you know, this and that." So everyone was reaching out to and and also chatting with my my mum when she arrived at school just to you know show her what to do and all that and I was just like I was actually like that is just amazing because everyone's out reaching out to to help and we also asked for some help but just by that one little that that example um I guess it just makes us feel extra supported in in where we live and as a couple that is also doing um juggling like everyone else with the work work thing as well um it just makes it a lot easier you have more confidence in I guess the people around you to do help you, and and so that it'll reinforce if we need help in future. You just be like, yeah, need some help. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so true. I call that like your A team parenting support group, and like for your mum in that instance, it was so. Of course, like you know, recipro- reciprocacy makes the world go round. So I have no doubt that you know she benefited, you guys benefited enormously, and you you recognise the value of it, and likewise, mm. you're more inclined to do that. For others so it's really important to know who that parenting support crew is i think the only other thing i was going to say too is um like let's not burn out being perfectionist parents i think a lot of the time like you know we we again we're high ambitions dual career you know, ha- you know happy families like we burn out on everything needing to be perfect all the time and i think it's much better to be investing sustainably in our kids and not necessarily trying not to sweat the small stuff as much like if one bad week doesn't make us bad parents um you know we need to essentially worry less and and just be consistent um yeah yeah, i think that's really important and i also say that because from a well-being point of view if we're so busy trying to be perfectionists and you know 
hustling to have that best sort of that sense of worth that we're doing a good job in our families and our careers, you know, our well-being suffers. And I've always said, like, as a working parent, we're hopeless to everybody around us if we don't look after ourselves first. So, you know, really don't beat yourself up on a bad week, worry less, be consistent, um, mm -hmm. try not to sweat the small stuff as much because the problem is the problem and we're all facing it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. I, I, I love that as a, as a finisher, Poppy, I think that, that sort of rounds out the conversation really well. And, um, yeah, we need to, we all need to avoid the perfectionist curse for sure. Um, and maybe that goes a little bit against the, uh, dual career sort of <laughs> couple or, you know, that's probably the biggest challenge maybe. Um, healthy, thanks. Healthy striving. I like to say healthy striving. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. That's great. Reframing Poppy. Thanks so much for your time today and, uh, look forward to chatting soon. It's great, Tom. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another Well Workplaces podcast. If you've loved the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. The show is produced by Alice Hoyle and is made in my backyard cubby. If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at tom at wellworkplaces.com.au where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts and also tell me what you've loved most about the show. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.